Bitcoin. Welcome to another POW Market Update. My name is Ansel Leonard. This is Bitcoin and Markets. This is not investment advice, people. Do your own research. Let's get started. coffee here. Welcome back to the show, everybody. My name is Ansel Lindner. Welcome back to Bitcoin and Markets. What a wild time. Every time I seem to make an episode for the show, we're at all-time highs. And every time I say we're going higher. And here it looks like we're going higher again. If you guys follow me, BTCMRKTS on Twitter, I tweeted out a chart uh, right around all-time highs. I think we were in the top uh, high 10,000s on the uh, backside of the all-time high. And I said, hey, this doji doesn't look good on the four-hour. Uh, watch out. Be careful here. And sure enough, a couple, like maybe an hour later, we we started on this big, uh, big pullback. It actually was a really big pullback because within a very short period of time, we pulled back 25%. We just lived through a 25% correction. And to many of us, it was like nothing like brush our shoulders off. We didn't even care. But to those noobs that bought up in the 10,000s, over 10,000, it was really scary to see it drop down to 8,500. One one of my most popular tweets that I had out this week was saying that, okay, so imagine this pullback that we just lived through. Now multiply that by about four. Because I said, okay, let's say it's a 20% pullback times four, 80% pullback, and now stretch that over two years. That's what we just lived through in 2014 and 15. It just constantly went down and imagine us bitcoiners that have lived through that we are not selling our coins at ten thousand. wall street is not going to get our coins i think this is just going to keep going higher every dip is an opportunity for these long-term holders these new converts because there aren't just noobs that don't know anything there's also lots of noobs that realize what's going on maybe we've converted some gold bugs right that know about sound money and they're starting to come in and purchase for the long term. So we're getting new holders as well as new speculators. So we aren't going to be turning over our Bitcoins to the banks anytime soon. Or these big hedge funds or these big freaking uh, pension funds or endowments that are coming in here trying to buy Bitcoins now. Not going to do it. And what happens when you only have, when 1,800 new Bitcoins come on the market every day? And you have demand for 5000 The price just keeps going up. Ah, whatever. Okay, let's, but, okay, enough of my beginning rant. Let's look at, um, well, first off, oh, I wanted to say something else about uh, the YouTube channel. So I have started putting these on YouTube. Um, it's, I'm amazed at how long it takes to upload and process these videos, but I get them out as, as soon as I can. Uh, and, I start uploading them and everything pretty soon after I'm done with SoundCloud and I just start going over to YouTube, but it just takes a long time to get it up there. So, um, you know, bear with me. Plus this week they flagged me for some copyright on one of my tunes and Hey, I had to go back in there and replace that song and it's all good. But, uh, you know, it's a learning curve with YouTube. Uh, let's get into current prices now. It's moving so much, and I just took these prices down a few minutes ago, but let me go in. Oh, my word. Yeah, baby. <laughs> oh, okay. So we have on Bitstamp 10200 That's $200 higher than an hour ago when I started putting these notes together. Uh, so $10,200 on Bitstamp. Quarterly features 10325 So a whole... 
120 or yeah, $120 premium, very healthy. So we saw the futures price go to a discount during the drop here and now we're back above. So I think the bottom is in and, and we're just going to go up from here. So that makes the price of a finny again over a dollar, over a dollar for a finny. Um, this has been <laughs> catching on uh, surprisingly. If, if you guys have been listening to the show, I threw this out there several weeks ago, maybe a month ago now on the show where I started quoting this, the price of the finny, which is one ten thousandth of a Bitcoin. It's halfway between a Bitcoin and a Satoshi. Uh, it's also just happens to be $1 when the price of Bitcoin is 10,000. So it just, all these perfect things started uh, going for this finny. Then Paul Stortz talked about it in a tweet. He had come up with the same idea just a couple weeks later. So I think it's awesome that great minds think alike on that. Then Jameson Lop said, <laughs> you know, that sounded like a cool idea. Uh, Whale Panda said tree finny and thought apparently thought it was a good idea. So a lot of these people are starting to come on. I think it's amazing <laughs> that I could have come up with something like this, but uh, whatever. It's crazy. And I think it's a really good middle of the road because if, if you think of, okay, so a finny is a dollar right now. And in cryptocurrency speak, right, in, in looking at these altcoins that have gone from $1 to $100, this finny could go from $1 to $10. That's easy to see. It's understandable. But if you say Bitcoin's going to go from 10,000 to 100,000, people are like, "Whoa, that's crazy talk." But that's just the finny going from 1 to $10. It's right there. It's easy. It happens all the time to all coins. Anyway, so I think that's a good measure. All right, loose Bitcoin price that is including all these forks and things is 11,823. Almost the entire increase in this has come from Bitcoin. Bitcoin Cash has actually pulled back a little bit. Um, and Bitcoin Gold has also pulled back a little bit once people started dumping their Bitcoin Gold. I, I still, <laughs> I like Bitcoin Gold better. I mean, there's nothing, nothing different between B gold and Bitcoin Cash. They both have the same amount of throughput right now on their transactions. Um, there's, you know, the same kind of caliber of developers behind it. The only difference is that Bcash is pumped by billionaires, where B gold is kind of more of a people's type thing. They had a pre-mine to support their their um, uh, development, but what, what's different than that than the Zcash? The Zcash has a founder's reward. 20% of all mining reward goes to the founders. And the development of Zcash. Isn't that pretty bad? Yet Zcash is valued up there. Be valued up there. Well, B Gold is valued above Zcash, but you know. I'm talking about the the moral implications or the ethical implications of a pre-mine versus a founder's reward. Who's to say what's what's better? Anyway, so what else do we have on the price here? Um CME still the second week of December. I have not seen anything to pin down the date. Any more than that, I'll be watching that maybe Friday because we have a lot of news that comes out on Fridays uh, and, you know, like aftermarket close and stuff. So maybe they're timing this for th this time. I'll be watching that today. It's going to be very bullish. And when this first came out, I was very reserved about it. A lot of people were saying, oh, this is huge. And I said, yeah, I'm just I'm just slightly bullish on CME futures because there are these questions about manipulation and stuff. But as more and more people um, have talked this through, you know, I'm getting more and more bullish about the CME. Especially because there, people are going to try to short it and it's going to be wicked. The price of Bitcoin is going to pump and the shorts aren't going to be able to keep up. And it's just going to be devastating for anybody who wants to short it. 
So then what happens? You got to give these people a huge, huge premium. Like I can see a futures premium of like 10 to 20% easy just in case that we have a 20% day. I mean, it's crazy. All right. Um, Big Bang Theory was last night. The episode, I saw no real noticeable effect immediately, but we have seen a pump in the last, you know, six to 12 hours after that episode. So that could have done something. That's in the U.S., obviously. I think it, it might air internationally. I have no clue. I think I've watched that show once about eight years ago. It's been on for a long time. But anyway, that's all I have for price. Let's move on to like market cap and things. So the market cap for Bitcoin is $173 billion. Just a couple weeks ago, I said we were passing $100 billion, And I could you know, see $200 billion just around the corner. You know, I, I still see $200, $250 billion. Well, $200 maybe by the end of the year even. Uh, but by the end of March, I mean, we're going to be pushing probably $300 billion, $400 billion on market cap. I'm not kidding. It's just going nuts here. Uh, okay. Global market cap, $311 billion. And again, if you add up all these forks that Bitcoin is having, multiple forks out there, um, the dominance is going way up. Way, way up. And potential. Think about this. Is anybody going to fork Ripple? No. Are they going to fork Bitcoin and give you a 5% airdrop? Yes. So why not own Bitcoin? The thing that's going up, it's the big daddy, plus they're giving you these airdrops. What's the not to like about that? And Dash too. Is Dash going to fork? Well, Dash has had kind of fork. I saw a tweet by Amanda Johnson the other day where she said that Dash has never forked. That's BS. There's lots of forks of Dash, including PIVX, which is almost an exact fork of Dash, except it's proof of stake, 100% proof of stake. But is there going to be a airdrop for Dash? No, probably not. There might be for Litecoin. And I've been thinking about this, that why hasn't there been Litecoin forks? So I think we're going to start seeing these Litecoin forks out there and that's going to pump the price of Litecoin because you want to hold the underlying of these dividends. And then you sell your dividend for more of the underlying and the next dividend you have even more. It's a virtuous cycle. Anyway, okay. Um, average on-chain transaction value is... Crap, i got to pull this up. Sorry, guys. Average transaction value, 9000 $54. Very bullish on this. It, it jumped up from 7000 to 9000 over the last week. Um, it's great. Now, when you talk about a fee of $10, when you're talking about a $9,000 transaction, that's nothing. Everything has to be in relative terms here. And remember, if, there's, if there was no demand, no one would pay the higher fees, quote-unquote higher fees, which we have to talk about because the mempool is slightly elevated. It's around 20 megabytes right now topped out i think around 40 in the last week when we had this big run up because a lot of people were moving their coins you know maybe a lot of people buying new bitcoin on coinbase and wanting to take it off into their cold storage wallet um maybe there's maybe a few speculators that got in at at five thousand this year are wanting to get out before the end of the year so they're sending to coinbase to sell who knows but there's there's always a little bit more demand when the price is pumping like this which is interesting to think about. Everyone will tell you in a deflationary currency, the uh, velocity goes down. But we can see here that their demand for velocity goes up when the price goes up. Plus, when we have these high fees, it just pushes uh, innovation to layer two that much faster. And I've seen a lot of tweets 
uh, from Jack Mahler's lately, where he's adding a lot of stuff, making a lot of cool little, you know, 20 second snippet videos that he's tweeting out. I mean, this guy is, is a rock star. He is a rock star for Bitcoin. I cannot wait for him to be, become a very public face of Bitcoin. Maybe he doesn't want to or not, but, you know, he's got the stuff. He's got the rock star in him, and I hope he uh, is a very good influence on Bitcoin in the future. All right. Mempool, I'm not worried about it. 20 megabytes, it's not a big deal. Uh, I did send a transaction yesterday. Uh, I used a relatively high fee just to make sure it went through quickly, but it was still way under 1%. Way under 1%. There's nothing to worry about. OTC, local Bitcoins, still sitting in the 60s, 61 million over the last week. Um, those numbers come out, I think, at the beginning of every week. So we are now at Friday again. So that... That 61 million is for last week. Paxful 9.8, right around 10, right around all time high for Paxful, 10 million dollars per week. Uh, Ledger X had a huge last couple days. They had, I think, their biggest day ever. Let me pull up my numbers here. They had their the no 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 not their biggest days ever, but two really big days last two days over 1.3 million dollars in swaps over both of the last two days. We'll see what happens today. But again, this Ledger X is, there's a lot of demand out there to have these swaps. One thing I thought was really interesting about Ledger X was if you look at the 29th, there was a, a large demand for the $6,000 calls, end of December, $6,000 calls. But the price that people paid for these averaged $4,700. So that was a really a price of 10,700 for these end of December calls, which is really interesting. The, but the most, the highest volume on these options on Ledger X was the $8,000 put, which I thought was pretty interesting. So, uh, and that was only a cost of $375. I had to learn these options, this options lingo here, but it was $375 to purchase an $8,000 put. And, so that means that all of these people were expecting it to be below $8,000 by the end of December, below $8,375. Um, that's interesting. There's also a lot of open interest at some of these higher valuations. Like there's a 30 order open interest for $10,000 calls, but that's for the end of 2018. So that's way off in the future. Nobody's been on the sell side of those. So anyway, that's the that's the uh, OTC market in a nutshell. Doing very well. It's it's very healthy. I would like to see it push up here a little bit. I would like to maybe get some more sources for these for this OTC stuff. Um, but I keep looking. If you guys see anything out there, shoot it to me, and I'll include it. DXY. I wanted to cover this real fast because I got a request for it, and a couple weeks ago. Man, it was maybe even a month ago now. I pointed out that there was an inverse head and shoulders, and we could go up to 95. I've been looking for a bounce on the, this dollar index for a long time and trying to say, okay, this is the bounce it's going to. Because, you know, in any downtrend, you always have a little um, retracement and then the next leg down. Well, I, I kept thinking that the DXY was going to have this, re, you know, little bit of a retracement and followed by a bigger down move, but it just kept going down. Finally, we got this head and shoulder, inverted head and shoulders, and so I, I expected it to go maybe all the way to 96. 
but it fell short of that and now it's coming back down so it's it, currently it's sitting at this long-term support area that was broken a little bit uh, a few months ago but again it's right there at 92 i believe shit i gotta look it up just a second yeah um right around um 93 actually is where the support starts um 92 to 93 uh, i do think that it could break through this we'll see we'll see what happens i i did start calling the top around uh, 101 last year it hit 103 and it's been down ever since uh, i i think the dollar is getting cheaper it is going to get cheaper and cheaper versus these other currencies because um, my theory is it's not the least dirty shirt and it's going to last the longest i think it is the big oak tree that's holding everything else up and so it's got to fall first before the rest of the fiat system collapses around it because you have the fed making secret loans to other banks um, all this stuff that props these other currencies up so you know the reserve currency must fall before everything else falls in my opinion and i think that's coming um, soon i think that bitcoin could push that over the edge but yeah i don't see anything that's going to uh, prop up this dollar anytime soon that is it for my market stuff let's get into a few quick stories bitcoin article on zero hedge and they're talking about three questions they hear most about bitcoin and i'm just going to read a little bit of this number one <clears throat> where's all the new interest coming from is it just the u.s and so then they look at bitcoin searches over the last 24 hours and they find that uh the top five countries are the netherlands australia south africa singapore and switzerland the u.s was only in eighth place so this is a global movement searches for coinbase were top in malta singapore U.S., Norway, and Switzerland, in that order. Within the United States, Bitcoin is strictly strictly a bi-coastal phenomenon. Google searches come most from New York, California, Hawaii, New Jersey, and Washington. Okay, number two. When will the rally stop or slow down? And what's Bitcoin's fundamental value? Now, this is a very interesting point to make here. They say, our best look at Bitcoin's intrinsic, intrinsic worth is to compare it to the total value of American and European high denomination banknotes in circulation. Now, I've never heard that comparison before. Um, I've heard it to all currency, but specifically the high denomination I have not heard. And I, that's very interesting. Both Bitcoin and its fiat currency counterparts are portable stores of wealth, which appeals to buyers and holders of each. Yes, fiats are government backed, but you can't counterfeit a Bitcoin like you can counterfeit a $100 bill. So we'll call it a draw in terms of relative attractiveness. There are currently 1.1 trillion in $100 bills in global circulation and 650 billion in high denomination euro notes for a total of $1.7 trillion worth, uh, not counting counterfeit notes, that might add another 20 to 30%. I didn't know that. 
So we're, we're talking about $2 trillion in high denomination um, American and European banknotes. So that, that puts Bitcoin well above 100000 on its way to a quarter mil. That's where this puts Bitcoin in their understanding. All right, number three, very important. What will the entrance of futures exchanges and Bitcoin contracts do to the price? Both the CME and the CBOE are set to launch Bitcoin futures soon, and today the NASDAQ threw its hat in the ring as well. I have a story about that. Moving Bitcoin into a uh, regulated structure will allow more sorts of investors and traders to speculate on price moves of the currency. That, the thinking goes, should be good for the Bitcoin price. One intriguing point, shorting Bitcoin is currently a clunky process, but futures markets will make it much easier. It's not a clunky process. It's very easy. There's many places to short Bitcoin. They have futures that short Bitcoin. They have spot that shorts Bitcoin. You know, that's that's not true. There's many ways to short Bitcoin. Uh, the difficulty of shorting Bitcoin has been an underappreciated feature of its meteoric rise. Not true. Limiting price discovery. Not true. Whether anyone is brave enough to put on a sizable short position remains to be seen. And that's what I talked about. But someone who wants to back up their Bitcoin is fraud talk with dollars will soon have a place to express their viewpoint. And they're going to get squeezed. That's my added. <laughs> you guys have to read the article because I added a bunch of shit in there. Uh, all right, let's talk about NASDAQ futures. Um, so they did say they're going to be opening Bitcoin futures in the first half of 2018. And uh, they're the third futures market or big regulated futures market to say that they're going to uh, be offering this. Of course, they're much smaller than the CME or the CBOE. Um, they did specifically mention forks in this linked article that I have from Bloomberg, which says that they are going to include a process to reinvest proceeds from spinoffs back into the quote original Bitcoin, which is very important to note that. All right, let's keep, let's speed this up here. Uh, next story, BitFlyer coming to the U.S. Huge news. I'm going to be opening up an account just to try them out. I think it's great news that this is coming and adding this competition to Coinbase. Competition to Coinbase. That's what we want. And we want competition to other people like BitPay. I'm sure BitFlyer has these add-ons that you can have payments just like the other exchanges do or some of the other exchanges do over there in Asia. So uh, this is a great competitor coming into the space we see square coming in now we see bitflyer coming in and we need to keep applying pressure to coinbase get segwit get segwit get segwit anyway good bullish news great tether thread here i put on here uh, matt odell has some great arguments about tether i'm not going to go into it because it's beating a dead horse tether is not an issue right now okay maybe we'll readdress in six months to a year but right now tether is not an issue people are just fudding people have chose the wrong side to get out in front of this dumbass issue and i just wish it would go away it's going to hurt the altcoins and help bitcoin if tether goes away if it may if you make it harder to buy bitcoin in this climate oh my god what's going to happen to the price it's going to go through the roof people this is not bad news for bitcoin another thing another one more tether uh tweet out there so bitfinex this account that's been attacking tether which uh for the new new listeners, Tether is a U.S. dollar pegged token, so they can kind of skirt some of the regulations there. Uh, back and forth, it's used between exchanges and on certain exchanges, mainly to trade altcoins, but there is about 25% of Bitcoin volume that is traded with Tethers as well, from what I have seen on average. Anyways, this uh, anti-Tether crusade has been spearheaded by this account on Twitter called Bitfinext, and he has been taking donations in Bitcoin for a long time he sold out all his coins under a thousand and now he has been saying that since a thousand a hundred percent of this price rise is due to printing of tethers 
which is totally false but that's what he's been pushing and some kind of bigger names in bitcoin have jumped on this i and wrongly so i mean they're some of these bigger names are just trying to push fud it seems like in the last few weeks anyway so he's been taking donations and he's been challenged now to sell all those donated bitcoins for a thousand a thousand dollar face value to be ethically consistent does he want to benefit from this pump and tether price? He said he sold because he doesn't, and he refuses to enter the market uh, legitimately and trade and whatever and buy Bitcoins because he is ethically against what's going on with Tether. So why doesn't he sell all his Bitcoin that he's got donated to him at $1,000? I put a link to that thread. Bitcoin. That's all I have for today, guys. Thank you for listening. My name is Ansel Linder. This is Bitcoin and Markets. Special thanks goes out to my patrons. You guys are awesome. If you want to support the show, go to patreon.com forward slash Bitcoin and Markets. We'll see you on the moon. I want to say thank you to Bitcoin. We are all Satoshi and run a full node. Peace. Thanks for listening.